Turn in the book of Acts to chapter 9. Chapter 9, we're going to read the first six verses. In two weeks, we'll start, uh, we'll go back into the um, doctrines. I want to do, this next doctrine we'll go over is the Great White Judgment, and it's actually a pretty long, and I didn't want to break it up with Cody being here next week, so we'll, we'll get it in the following week. But if you could turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 9, we're going to read the first six verses. If you could stand for us, we'll read those, and then... We'll get right into this. I want to talk to you about importance. How many of you have things that are more important than others? Um, God always gives us important things to do, and I want to talk about what's important to you, what's important to me. In Acts chapter 9, this is a conversion from Saul to Paul. And verse 1 says this, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired to him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of these of this way, whether they were men or women, he, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. It says, and as they journeyed, he, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined, shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard the voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And in verse number 6 it says, And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into that city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this word in your scriptures. Lord, I thank you for th things that are important, some things that aren't important. Lord, may we see what, what's important in our lives. May we add to it and make sure we, we do exactly what you want us to do. As we look at the story of what happens to Paul, um, may, we, may we truly see that you are, you are in everything, and you have some important things for us to do, for me to do, for them to do, and may we understand exactly the strength of what you have for us. And we'll give you all the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Important things usually take our time, correct? You all have two things to do. You choose what's, what's more important. If you've ever worked a job and you say, okay, they want me to do this or that, and I, I've got to figure out what's important. There's times when phone calls are important. There's times when talking to people are important. There's things, times when other things are important in this. But we're going to talk about five things that are either important or not important in God's eyes. And here you have the conversion of Saul, and I like what it says in here. Um, and, and not everybody's going to have this shining light conversion. Saul, God knew exactly what Saul needed, and, and, and this is how he had to get Saul's attention. And it took a drastic thing for him to get Saul's attention. But I like how Saul answers him in verse number five, Who art thou, Lord? Question mark. And then God tells him who he is. So here you have Saul, and he's walking down the Damascus Road, and he gets hit by this light. Let's look at the further, let's step this a little bit further. He's, he's um, understand who he is, and then in verse number 10, Ananias shows up. But let's jump down to verse number 19. And it says in verse number um, 19, it says, And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogue, that he is the Son of God. Now you talk about a conversion. You ask about a conversion. This man's conversion was really, really a great conversion. And it wasn't something that was slowly moving. It was very fast moving. But look at the response to people. It says, But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on the name in, G in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent and that he might bring them bound into the chief priest? Question mark. But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt, dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. 
And after the many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. It didn't take very long from his conversion for these people wanting to kill him. Now look at verse number 25. I mean 24, it says, But their laying await was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in the basket. I want to give you some things really quick. The first one is what's not important, and the next four things are the important things in the story. Number one, you know it's not important. Names are not important. There are times where we can do something for somebody and our name might not ever be mentioned. And I like it when my name's not mentioned because that means I might get a reward for it in heaven if I do it the right way. And here, let's, let's look at a couple things really quick. In verse number 25, verse, the first part, 25a, it says, Then the disciples took him by night. Can you tell me which disciples they were? No. His, their names weren't listed. But it was important that these disciples saw that they had a job to do, and so they didn't care about their name. Let's go back, and, I, and there's another verse that we didn't read in verse number 7. It says, now the, 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 we've, we've read this, the light has shone on him, and God has spoken to him. Now look at verse number 7, and it says, and the men. We don't know who was with him, but we do know that these people were in opposition of who Christ was because they were walking hand in hand with Saul at this time. And it says this, I, I like how God writes this. It says, and the men were journeyed, that journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. Now I wonder what they thought, but we don't know who they are. We don't know what happened to them later, but that would be a story to tell your kids, amen? Um, I, there's times in my life where I go, man, that was just interesting to meet this person. It was interesting to see this or see that. Here, names are not important. They didn't mention the names of who this was. Now, there is a man that's mentioned in here, an Ananias, and we'll get to him in just a second, but names aren't important. You know what are important? Difficult jobs are important. We all have difficult jobs for Christ. I'm thinking of this thing in September 29th. We have a difficult job. We have to get people here. We have to tell them that we're thankful for them and truly mean it. I'm, I'm thankful for the police department. I'm thankful for the fire department. I'm thankful for the EMTs because they, they do a job that I wouldn't want to do. And when we have a problem, guess who we call? We call them. And they come and they come and they come. So that special day, Hometown Heroes, it's very important. I, I, I like, I like um, talking to people and, and finding out more about them. And, and we have a young, we have a, well, he's not a young man. We have a man that's at our Brookdale that's a World War II vet. And I just like asking him questions about World War II. And it's funny how he can't remember what he did last week, but he can tell you what he did when he was in the Army. And he'll tell you this, 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 and... And it's funny to hear his wife communicate with him because you have no idea what she's going to say. And here they just walk in and, and I remember one day he came in and he took his hat off and here, he's just like any other person. He looked at his wife and he didn't think he was saying it loud enough. Loud. He looked at his wife he goes, and he said about this loud, he goes, how's my hair look? And I just jumped in that conversation. I said, your hair looks wonderful, sir. Don't worry about it. We're going to have a good time in here. But you know, there's some difficult jobs that are important. Does God know who He is? Absolutely God knew who this guy was. He knew who Saul was. Let's look and see this important job that's there. Go to verse number 10. And I like how this, this lines up. And it shows you that God has a job for every one of us, and sometimes He sets us up to do that job. Look at verse number 10 in this same story. It says, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. 
And to, he, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Here's one of those statements where God calls him and he says, Behold, I am here, Lord. Who's another Ananias that we know of? Is that name a good name? No. Ananias and who? Sapphira. They're also found in the book of Acts, but here's a different Ananias. And, and so he calls on him. He says, Behold, I, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street that is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. I don't know about you, but this was a tough job for him to do. And God all of a sudden says, you know, you're going to go see this Saul of Tarsus. And it says in verse number 12, And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Now wait a minute. He, he's shown a vision to Saul and says there's a man by the name of Ananias is coming in. Now, don't you think Ananias is kind of set up here? He's like, God's telling him, I've already told him you're coming. You've got to get there. It's a difficult job, but you can do it. Keep reading it, and it says, And Ananias answered, Lord, um, I have heard by many this man how much evil he hath done to the saints at Jerusalem. Keep reading in verse number 14, it says, and here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on, his, on thy name. Now, did God know that this was a difficult job? Yes. Did God know that Ananias could do it? Yes. Did, but Ananias is questioning everything with him. Well, you know, he can do this. I've heard everything, all these bad things about him. But you know what? Difficult jobs are important. Let's go to another part that's a difficult job. Go to verse number 24. But their laying await was known of Saul, and they watched the gates and nights to kill him. Now, if they watched the gates and night to kill him, they had people around watching, and they're trying to find this Saul because they knew the fervor that he had. Because if you remember who Saul was, what was his main thing that he was known for? The death of Stephen, the first um, martyr in the New Testament. And so he looks, he looks at him and he says, listen, if we can catch this guy, we'll take care of him. And their law would be doing this, would permit if anybody aided him or abated, abided him, and guess what? They could, get, they could get arrested too, and they could die. But look what it says in verse number 25. It says, Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. I don't know how they rigged this all up, but this was not an easy job. But they did what they needed to do to get it done. You know, we have a work day on Saturday, and some jobs people don't like, you know. Uh, every, there are jobs when you go, okay, I just don't want to do that. There's jobs that ladies don't like. There's jobs that men don't like. There's jobs that both, people, both men and women don't like. But we've got to get some jobs done. And some jobs are hard jobs. And so in this situation, difficult jobs are important. Not only this, you, we have names aren't important. Difficult jobs aren't important. The third one is this, responsibilities are important. Do you think God gives you responsibilities? I know I'm speaking fast, but don't you think God gives you responsibilities? Do you think they're important? Your responsibility to your family is important. Your responsibility to your community is important. Your responsibility to God is important. And here's some responsibilities that these men were given in this. There will always be opposition. Amen? When you do something for God, there's always opposition. Satan doesn't like it. And the Bible says that Satan is, a, is a, like a, lying, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to discourage you. He wants to make you understand that in this aspect, responsibilities are not important. They are important. We have a want going on. It's important. Kids are important. Children are important. 
And as we look at this, with Saul, there was always opposition. And they took a chance on the, on, on the responsibility. Let's look at some verses. Let's go back to verse number 13. Ananias' two things were how much evil he had done and that he had authority to cast anybody in prison. Now watch this. Let's, let, let's look and see what happens in this. The contrast is how God answers Ananias. You have Ananias telling God exactly what God already knew. You ever tried to debate God? You're debating, some, uh, you're debating a being that knows everything. So you ask him a question, he's going to know the answer. How many of you ever asked somebody a question they didn't know the answer? Have you ever asked somebody for direction somewhere and you know they don't have any idea what they're talking about? I've been there. I, I grew up in a very small rural area in Indiana. So when, you, when you'd ask for directions, it was sort of like, you know, you turn at the rock and look for the big tree, the red barn, and turn right there also. I didn't know the names of the streets. And so someone would ask me, I knew how to get there, but I couldn't tell them how to get there. In this aspect of it, man, they, 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 he knew everything about this man. But you know what God says? God gives five things really quick about what Saul was going to do. In verse number 14, he says, He has authority of the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. And it's interesting that he says thy name. He's referring back to he, that, that he's against you, God. But look what God says. But the Lord said unto them, what's the first three words? He says, go thy way. This is interesting. God's direction was Ananias' direction. By even the terms itself, it says, go thy way. He didn't say, go my way. It's your responsibility to do what I'm asking you to do. Now look at the five things that he tells Ananias that's going to happen with this. It says, but the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. Now you've got to put yourself in perspective of biblical times. In biblical times, the news didn't spread as fast as it does here. He had no earthly idea that this man had converted, but he knew what God was telling him. It's amazing how fast information spreads right now. If something happens in China, we know about it. If something happens in California, we know about it. If something happens in Mexico, we know about it. But he didn't have that, he didn't have that ability to see this, but God says, listen, he is a chosen child vessel unto me. And then it says this, to bear my name before the Gentiles. Now he's going to list all these things that he's going to talk to. Paul is a chosen vessel. He's going to bear his name to the Gentiles. Number three, not only that, he's going to speak to kings. Now, I want, to, I want to show you how this is prophetic with what he says because everything that God tells Ananias happens. Did, did, um, did Saul or Paul, when he was converted, change his name? Did he talk to kings? Absolutely he did. Was he a chosen vessel? Absolutely he was. He wrote more of the books in the New Testament than anybody else. He talked to the Gentiles. Then it even throws in this, and the children of Israel. So he's going to talk to the Jews and the Gentiles. Did he do that? You say, well, why is that so important? Because that's not what normal men back then did. They either talked to the Jews or they talked to the Gentiles. He was able, had the capacity to do both of them. And I like the fifth one. As we go through this fast, it says in verse number 5, is found in verse number 16. Number 5 is found in verse 16. For I will show him how great things, and if he ended it right there, I'm going to show him how great things he will do. That's not what it says. It says, I'm going to show him great things he must suffer for my name's sake. That's an amazing statement. 
Here, the first four, Cecil, are great. He's going to do these, 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 these. And then he goes, okay, and he's going to suffer. That's a big thing. Probably the biggest person, the, the, the person that suffered the most in biblical aspects of everybody, I think, is probably him. Job's a close second, or maybe Job's ahead of him. But I mean, you think of all the people that suffered for Christ, but you think of the magnitude of what, what, um, what Paul did. And even through the suffering, watch this, he was an encourager to those around him. Not only an encourager to those around him, encouraging to church people. How many letters did he write to churches? Well, you got Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Those are all to churches. Thessalonians are, are written to churches. And then he also was encouraging to pastors. He wrote Titus in 1st and 2nd Timothy. And not only that, he was not only concerned about preachers and, and churches, he actually writes the only book that's basically a forgiveness letter. And what is that? Philemon. So this man was concerned about everybody. But even in amongst all these things that he was going to do great, God says out of the top five things he's going to do to Ananias, the last one is he's going to suffer greatly for my name's sake. It's almost like he suffered as much as he, su he made people suffer before his, his um, transition from Saul to Paul. So he tells him all that, and so I say this, the responsibility that he gives Ananias is a big thing. And you know what I like about Ananias? He's all in. <laughs> he debates, he says, God, he's done some evil things. He has paperwork to throw me in. God gives him all five of these things that he's going to have to do. And then you see Ananias, and you see Ananias' response. Thank God for people like Ananias. Because he went against everything that he knew to fulfill a responsibility God gave him. Because watch this. If you underline anything in your, in your Bible, you want to see Ananias' true colors? Oh yeah, he debated. He didn't know what he was going to do. He was scared to death to do this, but God told him to do it, and I love what he says. In verse number 17, you see Ananias' true colors. If you circle anything, there's two words you need to circle. It says, Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, what's the next two words? Brother Saul. Now, wait a minute. When he goes in there, he has no earthly idea what's going to happen. He doesn't know if it's a setup. He's had a dream. He doesn't know. And he looks at it and he says, God told me to do it. I'm going to do it. And when he goes in, the first two words to him was Brother Saul. You want me to tell you something? You talk about an encouraging th thing to Saul. The disciples didn't know if they could trust him. People didn't know if they could trust him. They didn't know if he was going to, if he's doing all this for a scam to get people in so he could arrest all of them and put them to death. Because he's already saw Stephen die. And here you have Brother Saul. And that says, The Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And I wonder, Ananias, when he finds out he's baptized, everything's going to be okay. Can I say this to you? We, we, names are not important. They're not. What you do for Christ, God, God remembers. Don't worry about it if people remember it. Secondly, understand difficult jobs are important. Responsibilities are important. And then this, understand this. Even all through this, the man was important that he was going to serve. He was going to encourage Saul in more ways than others. Did they understand what the man in the basket was capable of doing? Look at verse number 21. 
Here's what they said in, in, in the, where he's at. It says in verse number 21, but all that heard him were amazed. I mean, he switched. I don't know if you've ever had seen someone that has just got a terrible attitude, terrible language, and then finds Christ and everything changes. Now, in his case, he was one of the most powerful men at the time, and he had paperwork to back up who he was, and he says, listen, they were amazed at what he said. And then they ask a question. It says, is not this he that destroyed them which called on the name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound into the chief priest? It's interesting that he says this in this, that the reason he was coming, the intent for him to come to this place was because he was trying to get the Christians and get them, get them killed, get them incarcerated. He was trying to do everything he possibly could. So it says his intent for coming was to do that. And they're questioning all this. You know, as I study this, this man was very important. They didn't realize how much, how much he, had, he was capable of doing, and he was the man that they let down in the basket. So we've got to understand this, that names aren't important, jobs are important, responsibilities are important, and men are important. You don't underestimate when you, when you share the gospel with somebody. Never underestimate that. Because you don't know how important that person is in God's eyes. You don't know what they're going to end up being. I'm a firm believer of this that in ministry, so far as I've been in it, there's some people that I think, I've talked to teenagers, I've talked to young people, and I've spoke to them, and some of them never feel, you never feel like they're listening to anything. I think sometimes God puts people in that, my ministry because sometimes I didn't listen to my mom and dad. Amen? You ever been there? You somewhat get what you are. And then I'll, and I'll ask them questions. There's been many times when I've, when I've preached to people and I said, I don't think they listen to a word. And then I would ask them a question later. And Brother Shoup, they would tell me verbatim what I said. And then there's others you think, they're just soaking it all in. And they're not listening to a word you're saying. Some of the best teenagers that I've had and young people in my ministry, I thought were going to serve the Lord to end up doing nothing. And sometimes you think, I've got to put all my time and effort into that one so it'll make, they'll make it. Then there's these other ones that they, they, they just don't have really anything going for them. And guess what? God uses them just as much as He does these other ones, and sometimes more. The man was important that they were dealing with. And you know, I told you, I said jobs are important. What's the biggest important, the best aspect or the most important thing about a job? What's the most important thing about a job? If God gives you a job, what's the most important thing you do with it? It's very simple, but sometimes we forget it. It is this, finishing the job. Have you ever had a job that you have at your house that you're supposed to do and you don't finish it? Because we know what's important, right? If you're coming to my house right now, you know what's not important to me right now? Is the laundry room. Amen? We can shut the door to the laundry room, right, in. You come to our house, our laundry room's not going to be open. You know why? Because we put a wall up, now I'm mudding it, and, and I've been mudding it for a while, and, it's, and it's, I've got to wait for it to dry. I think this mud takes about three years to dry, so I'm waiting for it to dry. And then I'm going to go in and put another coat, and it'll be three more years, and then we've got to paint it, we've got to do all these other things. But if you were to go to every other aspect of our house, it's done, but our laundry room is not done. We've not, I've not finished that job. And my wife is really patient with me. She's not really said anything to me. 
But every time you see that wall, you probably go, hmm, is he ever going to finish this? Do you ever think that? Okay, all right. You could have said no, but she said yes. All right. We've got to finish the job that's in front of us. Finish the job. Why is that important? Because God gave us the responsibility to do it. Now watch this. Names aren't important. Who, who does what? You know, I'm not going to sit there and go on Sunday morning, uh, this Sunday morning and say, okay, um, Ray cleaned out the, bus, the, the barn out there. And Riley did everything around the facility that he possibly could. He was like Superman with a cape. All right. And then Bobby, he ate breakfast at the church and he helped clean up. Amen. And, and we can go down the list. I'm not going to do that. Names aren't important. I'm telling you, there are people that think they have to be seen. We don't need to have our name. Our name doesn't need to be be put out there. Our names aren't important. Difficult jobs are important, and God's going to give you those. Responsibilities are important. Men are important. Men and ladies are important because we never know what they're going to do. And the last thing is this, the importance of finishing the job. What would have happened if they would have dropped that man? And let's let's say that he, he didn't survive. Do you realize what would have had, the old, had to happen in the New Testament? He wrote most of the books in the New Testament. Oh, God protected him, I know, but there were men that had to, had to get a responsibility, had a hard job, and they finished that job. What if these men got caught? Wow. What if these men got caught helping him? They didn't drop him, and they didn't get caught, but I want you to look at three verses, and we'll be done. Go to verse number 27. All right, let's, let's, let's um, pick it up at verse number 25. It says, Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in the basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. What's interesting is he's already been baptized in verse number 18. They're still scared of him. Verse number 27, But, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto him how he had seen the Lord in the way, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them, coming in and going out of Jerusalem. And he spake, what's the next word? Boldly. See, Paul will speak more boldly than any of these other men will. I mean, he'll he'll speak more boldly than Peter will. He'll speak more boldly than the man that loved Christ, John. He's going to speak more boldly than any of them. He's going to see more people and more prestigious people and see more problems than anybody else is going to do. And here he's sitting here and he's going, okay, what's this got to do with finishing the job? Because if they wouldn't have finished their job, he wouldn't be able to do this. Look at verse number, um, keep reading in this verse. It says in verse number um, 27, it says, But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto him how he had seen the Lord in a way that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with him coming in and going out of Jerusalem. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. You know, through this whole thing, Saul's conversion, Saul to Paul was not an easy conversion. And yes, it was a very hard area where the light comes down, shines on him, gets his attention, and he does all these things. But when I look at, look at Saul... You know, I say names aren't important. I don't think he wanted his name recognized in a lot of things. And then I say that difficult jobs are important. How many difficult jobs did Saul do? Did Paul do? 
And how many responsibilities did Paul do? And how many, how many people did he say they're important? We have a whole book, and I want, to, I want to encourage you to read Philemon, because here's a man that, he is standing up for a, for a, man, a slave that was wrong. And yet, even in this, he takes a bold move on this and says, listen, he tells Onesimus, he says, listen, Onesimus and, and Philemon, this whole thing is, it, it's all about forgiveness. Sticks his neck out for them because men were important. And then the aspect of Paul, the importance of finishing the job. Paul was known for what? I have fought a good fight, finished my course, and I have kept the faith. And he's always talking about that. And how many times does he talk about being bold with what he's done? We've got a responsibility in this area to finish a job that God has for us. I don't know exactly the whole magnitude of the job that God has for us, but He has something for us. We should understand today that we have some important items in our lives. Now, how many of you believe that God is keeping an accurate record of, of what goes on in our life? How many of you believe that? I do. How many of you understand what a pyramid effect is? If you've ever been an Amway representative, you'll understand what I'm talking about with that. Can I say this to you, that God keeps an accurate record of what we're supposed to do? Now, answer this question. Who do you think was blessed because of what Saul or Paul ended up being? I can tell you a few people that were going to be blessed in God's sight. Number one, Ananias. He's going to be blessed for what he did and willing to do what he did. And he helped Brother, Paul, Brother Saul through this. I think the disciples that, that helped him down the, down the wall are going to be blessed for what they did for Saul. God keeps an accurate record. So you know what we might as well do? Understand there's going to be hard jobs. They're going to be important. There's responsibilities that are important. Men are important. And finishing that job are important. Names aren't really that important. Our name will, will, will be given blessings to give back to God for what, he, what He's given to us. But as we look at this, understand this. We need to do what God wants us to do. Whether it's a rough job or an easy job, we need to do it. We look at this situation with, um, with Saul being converted and how people would have been scared to death to do something for him because of who he, who he was and what he could do to him. But yet men stood up and stood up for him and got the job done. God has something great for you. What is it? You've got to just find out what it is. What does He want you to do? Does He want, to sh want you to share the gospel? That's a responsibility everybody has. Does God want you to invite people to church? Does God want you to read your Bible? Does God want you to do all these? These are responsibilities God wants us to do. It's not always easy, but it's what God wants us to do. Aren't you thankful that God keeps an accurate record? I am. And it makes me remember in my mind, okay, I've got to do this for God because God's expecting this of me. We serve a great God that keeps an accurate record. Thank God for Ananias when he sees him and he says, Brother Saul, I can almost see him going in, Brother Saul, putting his hand on his shoulder, and then he prays with him and he gets to see. And I wonder, five, ten years down the road, or five years down the road, and he sees everything that, that Paul has done, he could probably in his mind go, you know, I had a little bit of part in that. I wish you would understand how many I know of preachers that started out riding a little bus to school, to church, end up getting saved because of what? A Sunday school teacher or a preacher or an evangelist that came through and preached the gospel to them and God keeps that accurate record. God wants us to love each other. God wants us to do the job and finish the job. 